Welcome to the Ryan Ocean Podcast. Hey, that's right. That's you. You're looking correctly. If your phone or whatever you listen to podcast on got a notification saying there's a new episode from the Ryan Ocean podcast, it didn't lie. We're back. I'm back. The Ryan Ocean podcast. This is episode number 42. And I got an interview that I did last night with the king, Rob Love. It's it's a good episode. It's about an hour long. It's a great conversation that we had during it. You're going to hear me talk about the last episode being in June of last year. Obviously, I was wrong. It was in May of last year. I found that out when I was looking through my actual uh, Spotify today. Um, and, and speaking of Spotify, we're on Spotify, Google Play, uh, Apple Apple Podcasts. Pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts, you're going to be able to find this. So please do me a favor. Tell your friends about it. Tell everybody about it. Tell them they need to go subscribe to the Ryan Ocean Podcast and listen. What, I, what I'm going to tell you, my goal is to... Come out with a new episode every single week. Every Thursday, I'm aiming to get a new episode out, which really means you'll probably be able to find it on eh, late Wednesday night. Super, super late Wednesday night. So that way, I don't have to be up at like 1 o'clock in the morning on Thursday uploading something. And at the same time, as soon as you wake up Thursday, it's there to listen to if you feel like it. Do whatever you want. Listen to it next week. Listen to it a year from now if you want. But the bottom line is... I'm glad you're listening. I'm glad you're hopefully enjoying the new episodes that are going to come out every Thursday. And I might even pop out some bonus episodes in the future. You never know. You know, I, I, I might have an opportunity to get some extra interview in, interviews in. Throw those out there and just get them up on random days. But from here out, every Thursday, the plan is to have a new episode of the Ryan Ocean Podcast, starting with this one right here, episode number 42. Now, like I said, I sat, didn't sit with him. I sat and I interviewed Rob Love. I got all new equipment. I got injured. Uh, I tore my left tricep completely off the, the the tendon, completely ripped off the elbow. So I'm out of action for at least another five months. I needed something to do. I decided to get back in the podcast game. And I want to stick around with it this time. The, over the last, ever since I got back with, from Korea, I've just been so busy with things, whether it was family things, family vacation, you know, Christmas, the holidays, every everything that seems to come up that... You know, pretty much was an excuse for me to put the podcast on the back burner. I'm not saying that I wasn't really dedicated to it. Always was when I did it. But that whole transition home was really difficult to get back into it when you're trying to just get used to everyday life being back in the United States. But now I'm back. Everything is great, minus the injury. And I got the podcast back going again. Better equipment. I can do phone interviews, interview people wherever they're at. doesn't matter. We can make it happen with the podcast now. So without further ado... Just want to say again, tell your friends about this. Tell them everywhere they could listen to it. RyanOcean.com also still works. You go there. You can listen to all past, present, current, whatever episodes, whenever you want, whatever works to your convenience. Tell your friends about it. And we're going to get in this week's episode. Like I said, it's an interview with the king, Rob Love. I've known him for a long time. Great guy. Sit back. Enjoy it. Thanks for tuning in this week. And hopefully you check us out and subscribe and listen every week on the Ryan Ocean Podcast. Who gave you permission to film? Hey, what's up, everybody? Ryan Ocean here. I'm sitting here, not here. He's on the phone in the opposite end, all the way over in San Antonio, Texas, with Rob Love. Rob, what the hell is up, brother? 
Not much, brother, brother. I'm uh, I'm on the look. How amazing is technology that we could be on different on different ends of the spectrum here? I'm in the great state of Texas. You're in the great state of Florida, and we're able to sit down. Well, not sit down literally with each other, but like sit down over the phone and talk and be on the Ryan Ocean fucking podcast. Can I cuss? Yeah, I don't care. It, there's a promo guy. I should before. <laughs> no, it's fine. No, that's the that's the fucked up part with technology, right? You would think, um, so the, all the editing program that I had, and I already had microphones, and I already had all this stuff, you would assume that I have everything that I need to do the the podcast stuff, and I, I, I'm, I'm fully set up, you know what I mean? And um, I, I did the podcast before. Like, for it, the last episode was last June, I think, was the last time an episode came out. Ever since I got back from Korea, everything's been super busy. So I haven't had a podcast through a million things since since my since my last podcast. Um, it, it it's been July on. So everything in between the wrestling, getting back from Korea, the getting hurt, uh, every uh, the the Super Bowl, all this random stuff, the World Series, every, everything has happened since the last time I've actually had a podcast come out. But you would think um, that you could you could make something like this happen without if you if you were already doing a podcast but i had no way there is no way i'm sure there is a way but there's no professional sounding way to record phone calls over just a computer and then have somewhat stereo you know or, or studio quality sounding material to put out for a podcast and I think the biggest issue when you listen to a podcast sometimes is they sound real you know like shitty or or you right poor yeah poor audio and i was stuck in a kind of a a corner where I kept wanting to do something. I kept trying to figure it out, especially over the last few weeks since I got hurt. I'm like, I got I to gotta do something. It's the perfect time to bring the podcast back. I ended up having to go. First off, I went to Best Buy. I, I talked about it on Facebook. Fuck that place. It took forever. <laughs> Is that what that was about? Yeah, I didn't get any help. I, I went there. I, I kind of knew what I wanted, but I couldn't get anyone to help me with anything. And I had done a little bit of research, and I knew what I wanted to buy, and I found it. I found the recorder that I wanted, and it's the recorder I have now. It, it didn't come from Best Buy, um, but they they didn't they they told me they didn't have microphones there, which I assume I thought I thought Best Buy would have that kind of stuff. So I ended up leaving. I went to Guitar Center the next day. I ended up spending over three hundred dollars on microphones, a new I have a it's called a, a Zoom H4M Pro series a handy recorder. It's a four track recorder, um, brand new microphones with XLR plugs to plug into them. Um, Everything is as top of the line as I could possibly get within with reasonable cost. There was a lot of cheaper options, and there was a few more expensive options. I'm not in the middle. I'm like, um, I'm like 75% radio quality, I guess. But I I wanted that to, it to sound good because I, I I'm sure you know you've known me for a while. I don't I hate like half-assing things. Um, right. If I'm gonna get into something, I want to dive in. So I went, I splurged, I spent the cash, and I bought I bought the stuff, and now we now we have it. But you, you said it's amazing technology, but with technology, I would think that you could do something like you. I wouldn't have had to go spend all this money to do these kind of things. But if you want it to sound good, you want it to sound professional. Obviously, you know you can't be too cheap. Right, and only the best for the Ryan Ocean podcast. So, I mean, it's great. It's great. It's a good investment. I wish more people. Uh, had that type of mentality where you know they would invest in what they're trying to do, <clears throat> professional wrestling. But yeah, you know. Well, the the cool part is now too. I wanted to sound good because 
right before I my last few episodes, and I, I think you could find a big chunk of them now on there. But I just got on Spotify. Um, you know, I haven't put anything on there since last June, but I, I think it, when I when this episode gets uploaded, you know, to this week, it should be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, of course, RyanOcean.com, where you can listen to all past, previous, current episodes of the podcast, so on and so forth. So it's nice to have good sounding audio. You know, hopefully, you know, when I go to edit this, it should it, it sounds good right now in the headphones, but when I go to edit it and put it all together. Um, hopefully it's like top quality or, or pretty damn close to it quality audio that's being uploaded and you, and it's on all these major platforms. I don't want to be, you know, it, it would be like showing up to wrestle at a WWE show and you got sneakers on, you know what I mean? I don't want to do it. I want nice, I want nice boots. I want hundred dollar, $200 <laughs> custom trunks with, you know with gold indie, trim. You know, some indie guys would probably fucking show up expecting to be able to wrestle in sneakers. Oh man. Dude, I, kick fans. I did, I did, uh, I won't even go, I won't even go there. I did, a, uh, <laughs> I did, go there. <laughs> yeah, I'll, you want me to? I'll go. Go, go. I, I, and you know what? We could segue, then you could tell, talk about some of your experiences because I'm sure you've heard. I did WWE, uh, uh, was it, it was, it was raw because when you, it, it used to be, it was raw was, was Monday and then SmackDown was Tuesday. Tuesday so it was, right. yes. Yeah, so it was really, it was really, uh, I don't want to say easy, you know, but if you were in, if you were within that, um, I don't want to say system cause it's not a system either, but if you were one of the guys that, that did extra work in your area, um, which I, network. yeah, yeah. You would, you'd see them on Monday and then you'd get a hotel and then you'd do the show on Tuesday. I would, I would drive all the way home after Tuesday, sometimes hotel, but it's different than NXT because I've done NXT too, and that's just one day. But um, right. you, we get there and we get dressed, and this dude, no names need to be mentioned. Doesn't matter where he came from or anything like that. But it was not good. Like just um, imagine someone went to a to a to a to a ball, some like extravagant, super extravagant ball, and they wore a tuxedo T-shirt. And it wasn't, oh, God. And, it, and it wasn't to be funny. It was, I, <laughs> You're kidding. I, I thought I looked nice. He didn't wear the, <laughs> he didn't wear a shirt like that there, but that's like the equivalent of like what, what it was when he was all done up, you know, in his quote unquote gear, ready to go. Needless to say, he didn't really get a look, but hey, that's uh, just, that's just the way it is. But, but they, you know, they, they go off of, they have pictures of people and, and some references and stuff like that. You kind of bring them in. There's a reason they bring in a number. So right, he kind of shot himself in the foot a little bit, but yeah, that happens a lot in wrestling here and there. But what we, we you've done? So you've done you've you've been on a podcast in the past. Um, we've had an opportunity to talk, and we talked a lot about the beginning and starting out in wrestling and stuff like that. But it's been at least a year and a half, I think, since we've done. I a think podcast. so. The last podcast we did was at an elite championship wrestling show in Houma, Louisiana. And East I don't park rec. East park rec. And I don't know the last time elite elite championship wrestling was at East park rec. So I that, think that was the last show. What do you think that I, long? Ago? I think that was, I think that was the last East park rec show. So, well, we, we did a, we did a podcast there. We did a recording and, uh, so it's been that long. It's been forever. So there's there's no need to hit on like, you know, we all know we were both trained by Sean Hernandez back in the day and we've known each other for this long, et cetera, et cetera, so on and so forth. But a lot has happened between then um, that I think people are probably interested in. If, they're, if they tuned in to listen, they obviously either follow me or you. And if they follow one or the other, they probably follow both because we've had 
such a uh, somewhat tight history over the years. But what's it been like for you over the last year wrestling? Because I know a lot of different stuff has happened to you within the wrestling business, mostly all positive. Um, But what's that been like going from where you kind of were traveling around? You were doing a lot of like Alaska and random things like that last time we talked. Um, yeah. And now you, you, it seems like you don't really do that too much anymore, but you do have a lot more Texas bookings, a lot more, um, you see, you see you in Tennessee a lot, or is it, are you in Tennessee a lot? Yeah. Ten, yeah. Um, Tennessee you, and you've done NXT several times since then. So kind of explain to everyone how, how has that came to be? How did you go from what you were doing then to what you're doing now? What helped open that door? Just uh, it's it's been like a lot of networking. I kind of developed like a, a set loop. So I'm mainly in Texas, Florida, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Tennessee. Um, and I just wrestle for a certain amount of companies, and I have my set loop, which is great. Uh, now, don't get me wrong. Some of the other places like Washington and Alaska, they want to bring me back. It's just the dates haven't worked out, uh, just given my current schedule. But a lot of it was just opportunity. I mean, like. You know, my Mississippi and Louisiana stuff now with EIW, uh, that was John Saxon. And you know John, and, and yeah. I'm sure if, if anybody that's listened to the podcast knows who John is. And John's been John's been like a huge influence for me. He's, he's been he's helped me out a great deal. And he got he got me my shot with BIW. Uh I think Josh uh Newell, who's the, the promoter, uh uh he's the promoter for BIW. Uh, I think Josh was missing uh, a talent for like one of their shows and John told him, Hey, give Rob Love a call, brother. Yeah. So Josh had Andy Dalton call me for whatever reason. Dalton was like, Hey, can you call this guy or, or whatever? And uh basically I got my opportunity and uh Josh loved what he saw and uh the rest is history. Like he just brought he just brought me back. John vouched for me. And got me on, so I owe John that, you know, for getting me on BIW, because that's where a lot of my shows, I already got like 10 dates for them for the year, plus whatever else he's going to add in. That's what I've got. I was, I've got you guys. Yeah. That's that's what I like about Josh. He does, he he uh, he sets all his dates right away and then books everything. So you're, right. so you're aware you're not sitting around wondering or curious or... Yeah, I I don't hate it because it happens, and it, and and when I say it happens, it's not like it happens sometimes. This is a this is a majority of the time for me. You you work somewhere very steadily, but they're not a hundred percent sure on their dates past two months from what you're Correct. already doing. And then and that's where you talk about your loop. Um, and I'm assuming the places you work are mostly like this. I know like here in Gulf Breeze now, uh, where Elite's going on, it's every third Saturday. Um, right you start to get in a habit where you know, you know, this, the first weekend in a month, uh, maybe you're in Mississippi and Tennessee. And then the second weekend in a month on Friday, you're in Texas, right? I, you're in Texas every right. Friday, but so things like that. Josh is cool. Cause he comes out with all those dates. And you don't got to worry about it. You know, exactly. these are the dates I'm there. And I, that's what I like. That's why um, we, you know, we try to do the same thing. It, it, third Saturday of every month, it's a nice set in stone thing. And for the most part, 80% of people know that they're always going to be on it. And then there's a few that are coming in and come out for a, a nice uh, fluctuation of talent and stuff like that. But I, I, I worked for BIW one time and I never got called back. I guess I should take that hint. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because you get called up to Korea, brother. You got to no. do those tours of Korea and shit. We actually, but... he, here's what, here's what sucks is right before my injury, I was actually talking 
with them and we were talking about things it was one of those it was one of those uh you know possible plans always on a list to come in but i respect the way that they use guys it's very it's a very good process you have a certain amount of guys that you use and you have a time frame and then you know when you're going to filter them out and bring new in so i think i'm one right. of those to eventually be filtered in unfortunately i know like toward the 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 tri the tricep tendon rupture in my arm blew my arm up but and that put a lot on hold there are many promotions that i had lined up to go do some stuff with that got kind of screeching halted but now you've been on a roll with it so what's so where are you where are you working in tennessee Tennessee, uh, just Pro Wrestling Mid-South, uh, that's Greg Anthony's promotion. Uh, they used to be NWA Mid-South, and Greg was like the NWA uh, uh, national champion for a long time. And He's got a good program up there. It's just that they don't have a lot of guys um, uh, that come in from, from outside. Uh, I mean, Frankie Thomas goes up there here and there, huh. um, but there's, a, there's only a few of us that will come up in there, and it's good to work with their guys. Um, because th- they run every week, and their guys are sometimes just used to working with each other, and so when other guys come in, it's always, I guess, a good learning experience for them. It's good, uh, to, and it's. A, I was going to say it's, good, know, it's good to get that outside talent in, so you see, right. you don't see, you could tell when there's guys that work with each other all the time because it's almost like you're watching this perfectly crisp match that they practice at wrestling school for thirty straight days, and then they go out there and do it, and it's there's a there's a drop in the realism factor for me with that, in my opinion. I agree. I'm glad that you brought it up. Uh, cause a lot of times guys will get, you know, they'll get pissed cause their match didn't go, I guess the way that they had called it, you know, they're, I guess somebody forgot something or, or See, I, I love re- it. I love it when that happens. I it's great. That. Yeah. It's fucking awesome because I mean, think about it. Is a bar fight perfect? No, no, Never. it looks monkey butt ugly. That, you know, that I, I remember, I remember a match. It was, uh, it was in Homa, and uh, me and Mustang Mike were in the ring. I think it was a tag match. I don't, don't e- that mic off. <laughs> I, I don't even remember what we were doing, but I do know that we just both ran directly into each other, like just chest to chest. And I think I even bumped on it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's it's those it's those things like that. I learned this from from Sa- uh, John Saxon taught me this. First off, the most important thing that everyone's going to remember is the finish of the match. So if absolutely, the, if the finish of the match is great, no one's going to remember a little hiccup here and there in the middle. And those little hiccups that happen add a sense of realism to the match itself where someone sits there and it's that split second thing that someone goes, holy shit, this, this is, this is really going down. And and what a lot of people don't realize is sometimes it is because you'll go out there to do something and you, you might legitimately get irritated with something. You might get mad with something. Um, and that does bring this certain level of reality mixed with the creativity of pro wrestling in it. And it's kind of unique to see it pan out and how it's going to play out. And then, you know, everybody's pros and everybody can, for the most part, clean things up. But I I just think you you see a lot of, I, I don't like watching a wrestling match where it looks like everything was like laid out and practiced for like I said, right. 30 days in a row. It gets boring. Everything. Super boring. And then every everyone wants to have the forced epic match with 30 right. outs. I don't like it. I, you know, there are a lot of guys that are, at, like, they're great athletes. They're awesome talents. You know, they can do a bunch of shit that I can't do. But I think there are times where it just looks like, I mean, I guess I, you've heard this, you've heard people talk about wrestling. It's like a dance. Yeah. But it, it like some of these matches legit look like 
a, real a choreographed dance that yeah. you would see like on Dancing with the Stars. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, I think, I don't know, I just, it's not my flavor. I know some people like that, but I, I, I'm more, oh, you know, I'm more of an old school type of, you know, fan. And um, I think you could bring some athleticism mixed with old school, like a hybrid. Uh, but I'm just not a fan of the whole like circus Olay type of. Well, we talked about this. We talked about this the other day, right? You're gonna have wrestling shows that have that match, that match that is just outstanding, and we don't need to name names of who had what or anything like that. Matches right. of the night stuff. But every every show should have that match where when people go to work on Monday morning, they're gonna tell people, "Holy shit, you should have been there." This this was outstanding, and here's why. And what they're going to talk about is that match that was that epic match that did all the crazy stuff, um, but that's what that match did. It didn't attract people to the show. While people were at the show, it made them think, holy shit, this is good. But it's that match, that main event, hopefully, that has raw emotion in it. The, the wrestling so right. much doesn't matter. The raw emotion of what's going on, it's it, with the characters or the individuals that are in the ring that have been at that promotion for months or years on end that the people are deeply invested into, that they want to see, that they have this burning desire, that they need to see them that one time a month. Those are the ones that make people go buy a ticket to come to the next show with, with some of the other stuff included. That you're going to have people that are going right. to see great wrestling too, but great wrestling doesn't necessarily always do resales on tickets that the, you cool. you can have an awesome wrestling match and it's going to make people think, wow, I think I want to come to another one of these. But if you have a compelling storyline with like drama and you really suck people in, that's when people think I have to buy a ticket to come back to the next show. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and I think a great example of that is uh, look at WrestleMania three. What would, everybody talks about like the match of that night was Savage and Steamboat. But what what was the draw? The main. You know event. what I mean. The main. The main. And that match, Hogan versus Andre, that was not a five star classic. No. But the emotion was there. They built up to the moment where he finally when he finally slammed him. You know, early on in the match, he goes for the slam and he fails. But they built back up to Hogan coming back. He finally slams him, drops the leg. Hogan must pose. Everybody's happy, but they were invested. And at times, they made you believe that hey, Andre might just beat Hogan tonight. Yeah, uh, but I think that's a great example. Is just Hogan Andre, and then that Steamboat Savage match. Uh, there, there's clearly two differences. One was a five star, but the other was the draw. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's the with the Steamboat and Savage. That was the match that was like I talked about. People and they still to this day talk about it. To this they, day, they talk right. about how awesome of a wrestling match that was. I'm not saying it wasn't. That was a great wrestling match. But the reason. He, the Hogan Andre was the reason that now motherfuckers got to buy a ticket to come to the next show. You know what I mean? They right. they, ha they have to see they have to see how that's going to plan out. Um, so yeah, I, that that's a big thing with 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 wrestling now. So you, so you're traveling around, you're doing all this stuff. What about the uh, with with the NXT gigs? How are they going? Are you still doing those? Do you enjoy doing those? Do you do you like it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still doing them. Uh, I just uh, the most recent one was in October where. Uh, I actually got a little TV time, brother. Uh, got to be security for uh, the uh, NXT Women's War Games pull apart. Okay. Um, that was pretty cool. Uh, and then I think uh, I went once in January uh, of last year, too. So I went twice. Usually I go about twice a year. That's usually how, how it's been working out. And 
um, it's great, man. The atmosphere there is great. You can tell, you know, uh, that all the people there, uh, that's all they do is eat, sleep, and breathe wrestling. I mean, these are, these are true professionals. They're there for a reason. They're under contract for a reason. Um, these guys are, you know, that's their life. And you can see the differences being in that locker room and just in other independent locker rooms, if you know what I mean. Like, yeah, you can you can see you can see that that level of of professionalism versus. And I'm not trying to you know shit on anybody or any other locker room, but like you see guys in locker rooms and you're like, there's just you know, there's no chance of them ever you know making it up. Any to any. A certain, Anybody there when you do when you do something like NXT or something like that, every single person in that room looks like they could have a spot or should have a spot on television somewhere. Exactly. And, yes. And and nobody's nobody's really pay, playing grab ass. No one's you know fucking off. No one's pissing in someone's bag or doing anything stupid or like right. little like horny honky games or anything like that. That kind of stuff doesn't go on there. It's it's like dead serious. You you feel you feel weird. Like when I went, I'm like, I don't know if I should eat right now. You know what I mean? I don't, <laughs> yeah. Is it, is it okay for me to drink my water at this moment? I don't know. Exactly. I'm just yeah, there's, that, there's, that, there's that pressure. Like when you're there, you're just like, you don't want to look, uh, you want to make sure you look right. Yeah. You know, for, you know, you, you get up, you get dressed, you dress in your best clothes. Um, you get there, you don't want to like miss somebody and not say hi to whoever you need to say hi to. Yeah. And at the same time, you don't want to bother somebody and be like, oh, am I, in, am I interrupting something? Or, you know, is it okay for me to, like, step over two inches? There's that pressure, and there's, you know, everybody's – you can feel that vibe in the locker room where there's that pressure. Um, and you know that I think especially there with the talent that's there, you know, they know that there's somebody else. You know, they might not be there in that locker room right then and there, but they know there's somebody down at the performance center or whatever that's, hungry for their spot. Yeah, that's common. You know. So, so you, so you've been down there. You do the stuff up in Tennessee. I know you're doing a lot of stuff in Louisiana right now, primarily uh, pro wrestling two two five, right? Yeah. So, uh, pro, well, uh, a lot of BIW and two two five is more uh, just. I think I'm just going to be on the uh, with their East Park Rec shows, the Homa shows. <laughs> that's what. Yeah, and that's what I. That's another one I had to miss, unfortunately, for the next couple months. I think I was doing the same thing, but I know BIW is going down. They're in. They're in Louisiana. A lot also, and then in Texas, you're doing Wrestling Revolution on a regular basis. Is that every Friday? Every Friday. Uh, yeah, every Friday we run, and uh, that and Heavy Metal Wrestling in San Antonio. That's what uh, I say. So I want to let's. I want to talk about Heavy Metal Wrestling. Okay. Because I got some heat with them, brother. What happened? Oh God! <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I <laughs> like shit. I like what I, I like what I see. To be honest with you. It's got, it's such a, I, I sit back and I look at stuff on social media and I think that's a place that I want to work. Like it just look, it's like, it seems gritty. It seems like no fucks given. It seems like we, it, it's like when you think of like smash mouth, um, smash mouth pro wrestling, but at the same time, the future of where wrestling should go in terms of like grassroots t movement type people yeah. talking the buzz about it um the kind of j just the way it's promoted the way the posters look the, what i've seen of the pictures of the shows the atmosphere seems badass um and then the people that promote it you know they're not bad either it, it just seems like it'd be a really it seems like it'd be a really cool fun place to work 
Um, and, and you've worked there, so I guess you could tell me if you if my my, my thoughts are accurate. I, I would say that's a very accurate assessment. Like there, the locker room is great. It's a great locker room. Uh, it's a great place to work. But I, I agree with you. I think it's uh, I think they're ahead of the curve in terms of the future of professional wrestling. I think the people that are running it, Dylan Dunbar, uh, Josh Del Barrio, they have a great mindset. Um, and for, an, for and, prof- and an aware and an awareness, an awareness of what's going on, an awareness of what needs to be done. And I think right. I think they offer a mixture of uh, not not only of of things and matches and matchups that need to happen or should happen to propel wrestling to get it to to get draw people in to get them to watch to get them interested and not do the same old thing, but at the same time still offer some of the same old wrestling that people like and enjoy. Right. That's, they really, I would say they have their, their finger on the pulse yeah. of, uh, of pro wrestling, but the, the great thing about their shows, and this is what I like is that it's like you said, they, it's like, it's almost like they're a buffet. They give you a little bit of everything. They give you, they give you that, you know, that match where it's got crazy athleticism. Yeah. And I think that the way that the guys there put it together are they, they 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 make sense of it? You know what I mean. Where it yeah. just doesn't necessarily look like, you know, this crazy rehearsed match. But they 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 try to add some of this realism to it, and I think that's great. Like Gino Medina is a great talent. Uh, Antonio San Francisco is another one over there. Uh, but they give you a little bit of. They give you that. They give you hardcore. They give you uh, the the old school style, mm-hmm. you know, if you will. So it's just a little bit of everything, and I think that's what the fans love is that they're just not being served, you know, one particular dish, but they're getting to try all these different dishes, if 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 you will. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That's what, it, and that's what one of the things I notice when I look and I see that, and it's not it's not just them. I'm just talking about the 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 scene in Texas and stuff like that. The, obviously, Texas is a big state; it has a lot of wrestling, but heavy metal seems to be one of those. From me, from a guy wrestling out of Florida, um, who was I was scheduled to come to Texas in a couple of weeks, actually, but not living there, just seeing what I see online, heavy metal seemed to be one of those like I don't want to use the term up and coming because I make I, I I feel like using that term makes it just seem new, like they're just right. trying it out. But they seem like they seem legit, like they've been around for a while. They've done a decent amount of shows. I think they tried a weekly deal out for a while and it didn't seem to fail. I'm just assuming that that's probably just not the best business model. But they 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 haven't died and the shows aren't getting, and the shows aren't getting weaker, which means they're, they're doing something right. Yeah, no, the, the weekly deal, um, that was just kind of uh, I think they did 50 episode it was 50 episodes right on the dot and uh it was more so uh i think it was more of a building issue uh yeah rather than um rather than like a an issue as far as the business model but like i think it was just the building itself that they couldn't run there uh anymore but uh that was a great thing to be a part of the weekly shows um because we were getting great footage the matches were really good and they were telling great stories, consistent stories throughout the series. And then that would also lead to their, their bigger shows, which is their Friday shows once a month. And, uh, yeah, the shows are growing. Uh, there's an awareness, like people are very much aware of heavy metal wrestling, not just in San Antonio, but throughout the state and now other States, people are, are becoming aware. And you've got other guys that are wanting to come in from Cali and other States just to wrestle for them. So they're, they're doing something right. And uh, I'm, I'm happy to be part of their, 
their talented roster. Yeah, like I said, what you can see from the out an outside perspective of it, it looks it looks really good. So I'm going to put you on the spot. So we've okay. talked about we've talked about these different promotions you work for, and there is no bias whatsoever. I could give two shits who you say. That's honestly 100. percent But what is your what's your favorite promotion to work for? And I and when I when I ask that, I don't mean. And this is how we keep you heat free, brother. I'm not talking. <laughs> I'm not talking about like promoters or bookers or anything like that. I'm talking about in terms of your favorite promotion to work for because you know what type of reaction you're going to get from the crowd. Man, oh, that's that's tough. I, that's a common question, but I, I guess it's always it's always hard for me to answer because um, each place is like special. So like in my reactions, like I know I'm going to get a reaction. Yeah. But the reactions in each town is different. So, All right, so, like, so tell tell me the towns that you wrestle in mainly. What are the unique differences in them? Okay, so like Laredo, like Laredo, Texas, for example, you know they're not gonna be like they're gonna they're gonna boo me, yeah. All right, and, and they're gonna you know they're gonna heckle me more so in Spanish because the demographics a little bit different, yeah. And so you know you'll get heckled more so in Spanish, and then you know like sometimes they'll do gay jokes. I don't know if that's appropriate in today's day and age, but I'm not offended by it, but. You know, they'll, they'll give me that type of reaction with, with my tag partner over there. And then in San Antonio at Heavy Metal, it'll be like, you know, literally, fuck you. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. fuck you, Robert, shut the fuck up type type. So that, so, so are they more of an adult-based show? More, more yeah. a very 18-plus heavy crowd? Absolutely. 21 and up. I see. We'll put it that way. I've never, I've never even had an opportunity. I don't think I've had an opportunity to work a show like that. Those are pretty fun. Oh. Those are pretty fun because you can kind of let loose. Yeah. Um, so those are two different. Like Pensacola, I mean, before our new venue, uh, when we were doing the old uh, American Legion, Yeah. Um, that was another place where it was like, you know, fuck Rob Love. Yeah. Um, and it was very, you know, heated and strong. And, and, it, and it still was, it was a little more PG this last show, but it was still a strong, just minus the F-bombs. I think, um, it, yeah, I think it ha- that has to be, and I, I don't think, I don't know if people are happy about that or not happy about that. Everybody had a good time. I could tell that. I'm not talking about like fan wise yeah. the show. I think the fans had a great time, but yeah, you you're, you just get to a point where, where there's so many people coming to the event, but you notice that there's a, there's a good chunk of, you know, when you got 30 to 40% of the people in the crowd are kids or even, right. even 20, I, I'll even say a 5% are kids. There's certain things that you just shouldn't do. But sometimes, right. sometimes those shifts have to be made, and shows can equally be as good. But so now in yeah. the, in the, in the in the Gulf Breeze building, though, they did throw crowns at you, Burger King crowns. They did, they did. So that was which unique. was I, I've never had that happen. I've had streamers thrown at me. I told you, I've had I've had other foreign objects thrown at me, but never never Burger King crowns. So that was that was cool. Um, I think the reactions now. I mean, like my my feeling is that the Gulf Breeze crowd. Is going to be more so of uh, it'll be more of an old school type of reaction going forward, which is typically what I get. Like when I wrestle in Louisiana or Tennessee, yeah. it's typically that mid south type of old school fan where they'll you yeah. know they boo the heels, they cheer their faces. Um, but more of the rabbit audiences, it was the old American Legion heavy metal. Like that's where the aggressive, uh, the aggressive reactions were, and East Park Rec too. Uh, I. I, I Got attacked a couple times, or close to being attacked a couple times uh, at East Park, and in Dulac, the old man came after me. Hindenburg's dad. <laughs> have you ever, have you ever wrestled in a town 
where you were afraid, where you not only use the word afraid, because we're pro wrestlers, we're never afraid, brother. Never. Where have you ever had second thoughts if you should go out to your car right at this moment? Oh, many a times, and and like when we were in Dulac a couple times. Yeah. Uh, East Park, you know, Homa, um, in McAllen early on in my career, that was an issue. I actually had to be escorted to my car uh, on multiple nights. Uh, there was actually a gang of. I don't know. It was a group of guys. I'm assuming they were part of a gang or whatever, but I guess I heckled them too much one night and they were, they were waiting outside the venue and there was so much fear because you're allowed into the bar area after the show, but the, the, the theater is curtained off and there was a fear that they were just going to stay in the bar and sneak into the theater. So literally that entire night after the show, like they had security like with me, even inside the theater because they were afraid that these guys were going to sneak in and try to jump me. Um, why didn't so you that was why didn't you just not heckle him as much or did you not know that they were getting that pissed i didn't i didn't know i was just doing my job i mean like <laughs> I, for me I, I actually like my goal as as a heel is to piss you off so much that you just literally want to kick my ass like yeah. that's that's my goal and so i don't know i felt like i did a job well done i mean i've been like that was a town where it was rough early on because i had a lot of that or people would threaten to stab me mm. um guy came after me with a beer bottle like at, during the show um so it's it's yeah like i've had that happen but as far as like being afraid afraid i wouldn't say i was ever afraid but there were times where i'd be like all right should i go to my car right now should i be with somebody right now yeah you know but never afraid brother yeah i don't like same here i usually when i'm a when i'm the old when i'm the old me I usually try to get it to the point where someone wants to fight, fight or something like that. But aren't maybe it's the six three two sixty or the six four two sixty going on? You don't get many that you don't get many you, that come to step up. I don't, I don't know if you remember. What, do you remember that time when we were tagging? When you got your car keyed, do you remember that? <laughs> in San, that was in San Antonio. Yep. Yes. I, I and we still have no clue who did it. And it was, you know, that happened. I like turned heel that night. <laughs> Yeah. But how how do you how do you key my car? I was a good guy. You know what I mean? I was a good guy walking into that building and I've turned bad guy walking out of that building. That's probably why. But someone had the wherewithal to go do that to my car. On what what if it what if it was like what if it wasn't a real what if it was just to get at the other bad guys and the next show I come back and it's like, Nope, tricked you. I'm still a good guy. You know what I mean? I guess my bad. I don't. I I remember that. I was like, shit, man. I was worried about my own damn. I mean, but that that was rough too because there was a show. I don't know if you remember. We would promote at Sideliners. Remember, we'd go to the pay per views to promote. Yeah. And I heckled one fan because they were running their mouth, and I was a heel, so I was I was young and dumb, and I said some shit back, and uh, I got the guy thrown out of the bar. Um. And that was the night when Brandon Oliver calls me as I'm driving home. He says, hey, man, what you – because he wasn't there for that promote. It was – Joey Spector was there with me. I don't know if you were there or not, but uh, on my way home, Brandon calls me. He said, hey, what happened at the bar? I said, well, this guy was talking shit to me, and I talked shit back, and he got kicked out. And he was like, well, this dude is saying he's going to follow you home. (laughs) And he was like, do you want me to call the police? I was like, yeah. I was like, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Was there someone following you, or were you, were you already? On I your way looked, home? I looked, and I, I didn't see anybody follow me. But did you did you uh, did, did you tell Brandon like, hey brother, I'm already driving. I appreciate the heads up, but yeah, I told him. I said I'm driving. I was like, I'm driving already. I was like, I don't see anybody, but 
you know, thanks for the heads up. He, he offered to call the cops. I was just like, don't worry about it. I was like, if I see somebody following me, obviously I'll just, you know, I'll call 911 at that point. But I get the guy was going off on a terror. I don't even remember who the guy was. Yeah. But uh, I do remember the incident vividly. That was a cool little bar, though. It was. It was a good venue. They got the old volleyball courts out back. With the I, girls that used to come out and yeah. they would want us to sign certain things for them. I think what the ceil- was the ceilings were pretty low in there, too, weren't they? Not Isn't that it? low. But they they weren't anything like you didn't have guys weren't doing four fifties off the top rope. I think I dropped an elbow off the table. It couldn't have been that low if I was dropping elbows. Yeah, but probably about like the ceiling of Gulf Breeze. Give or take, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. That was a cool place, and those pay per view parties that we used to were fun. Those are those are, I don't know. Those are training days. Like that was when you get your ass beat and stuff like that. And it was a really it was really really weird because. You'd be getting your ass kicked in training or something, and then like the next day you go to something like that, and everybody's all nice, and then you're like, ah, it's almost like bipolar. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. It's like, exactly. Why are you being so nice to me right now? Oh, I know. You want me to hand out these flyers? Oh, and then you come, come, you, the show. you come back the next day and start getting your ass beat again. But I mean, that's probably missing in today anyway. But it is. Uh, yeah, it is. No, there's not. Uh... I think it's a little. I think it's. Uh, we've talked about this before. It's just too easy. I think to just get into the business now, where everybody, if you want to be a pro wrestler, okay, you can. You know, everybody deserves to be a pro wrestler. And yeah, that's that. not the case. I mean, I've always wanted to play professional football, but sorry, I can't play professional football. Yeah. You know, like that's just not going to happen. You but, know, I had a. I, you know I want to be a quarterback. If you go buy a helmet and shoulder pads, and you pay the money to go to a little quarterback camp with some high school kids and stuff like that, then damn it, you deserve to dress up for the Dallas Cowboys. How how crazy would that be? Like, Fo- imagine. Football is for everybody. <laughs> Could you imagine that? <laughs> like that or the NBA. Like, okay, yeah, I've always wanted to be a basketball player. Let me pay this money to go to a camp. Yeah. Okay, now I deserve to play and start for the Spurs. What the fuck, bro? I went, I went to basketball camp, bro. You tell me I can't play ball? Dude, that's totally unfair. I'm going to go on my social media and tell all my friends that, you know, you're not you're not letting me play on the team and you're you're pushing me down. You're holding me down, man. That I mean, that, that, but that's today that's today's world in professional wrestling is like, guy, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just and there's a lot of man, I, I don't know if this is just in general with like society or if it's just maybe it's in the bubble we live in. But there's a lot of whining, complaining, just on social media, and and I, I'm trying to stay off of it as much as I can now. I have uh, I have a theory to why that is, uh, and it ties into a bunch of things that 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 it generates. But and, and and I think my time as a drill instructor really made me like see the light because I was dealing. That was when I lived in San Antonio, so not only was I getting into wrestling, but I saw a lot of new people, 18, 19, 20 years old, coming into the military, and I had to train them. I had to turn them into civilians to, you know, military war fighting machines. But the, uh, in my opinion, and, and we got a little time left to get into it, but my, in my opinion, you have a younger generation right now, and, and you look at how they're raised, right? So my right. my kids aren't raised like this for the most part. We we They play sports. They go outside. They do stuff. You know, if they get in trouble, they get their video games taken away. They get their phones. They they got those those ear pod things that they love for that were stupid expensive. We take that kind of stuff away so they don't have it when they do something wrong. 
But I think what happens a lot of days, what happens nowadays a lot, is a kid is born, he's got his parents, parents want to be his friend, they don't want to be the authority figure. Um, they're, right. they're worried about, I don't think they're like worried the kid's going to turn them into child services or anything like that and take their kid away. It's just, they're having kids when they're younger and I had my kids young too, but I was a different mindset. I was raised different, but you know, they want to be friends with their kids. They want to make sure their kids don't do anything wrong and they don't want to, I don't, I don't want to say whether it's right or wrong to spank, but you should discipline whatever your means of discipline is, you know, bar, you shouldn't beat your kids, but what, if, if, if discipline is a certain way you talk to them, if discipline, if disciplining them happens to be like a spanking when they're little, cause I, I don't have anything wrong with spanking like so long it, within reason. And there's an, right. age, there's an age and you're not gonna be spanking a 10 year old. That's a, that's kind of abusive, but, um, with, with, people don't discipline their children the same it's almost like the word discipline is a way and it's really really easy for a parent to be like here's here's an ipad or here's an iphone go look at that just go stare right. at that and it takes the kids attention away and it brought something else up that got that i shared on facebook today you know this this instagram model girl talked about how she suffers from mental illness and the the mental issues that she comes from stem from social media she posted this on an instagram post now i was dumbfounded by this i posted on my facebook about it kurt diamond replied and talked about how and and, and what he said makes sense and it ties into what i was saying just previous to saying this there's people that have it and deals with the endorphins in their brain they get used to seeing notifications and that is what brings them joy and they can't live without that but when they get a negative one, it negatively affects them. What starts at a young age, when parents give their kids all these electronic items, so the electronics watch them, kids are raised on iPhones and iPads and computers. Right. They're not raised by people. They're not raised by parents. They're raised by electronics. Gone are the days when I used to go outside and my mom and dad said, be home by dark or be home by 11 or something like that. Yeah. You know? Now kids don't go anywhere. They just go on their Xbox and they play with their friend down the street till 1 o'clock in the morning and then go to sleep whenever the hell they want. But right. they get that entitlement from a young age. So they're not used to kids nowadays. And, and some people listening will say, well, not my kids. And you might be right. But you but I, I would hope I would hope this wasn't true. But sadly, I think it is true. It's the minority of people that that do it the right way. And in my opinion, the right way is you discipline your children. You don't let a computer raise them. You don't let iPads or electronics raise them. You raise them. And you you get them to a point where they're not entitled. You have to instill some sort of authority and discipline in them. You have to tell them when they're wrong. You have to let them know you didn't win, you lost. You have to let them know those kind of things. So when they're an adult in the real world, they don't they 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 understand. But what happens? That doesn't happen. And then that's where you get kids that come in, and when a kid sucks in wrestling school, and they're like, "Hey, yep. well, first off, a, a, a bad wrestling school, a bad, and by bad you'll understand, they're not going to tell them you suck. They're going to tell them you're good, so they keep getting your money. A good Correct. one, a good one's going to say, "Hey, look, this really isn't for you." And there's a lot of schools that will do that, and a lot of the good ones, um, but then kids can't handle it when you tell them that because <laughs> they've never been told that before. Right? It's they, the crying they, and. That's where, you know, where you give every kid a participation trophy instead of saying, "Look, no, you lost. This person won." You know, they don't they don't get that because in life, see, in the that's the problem. They're not getting this at a young age. So when they grow up, and they're told, "We're not going to hire you for this job," well, they they're automatically offended, and well, I yeah. should have been hired for this job. I'm entitled to this job. Well, no, you're not. I meet all qualifications. No, you don't. Somebody <laughs> else. 
somebody else is far better than you and far more qualified than you for this position, but they're not used to rejection. Yeah. And and I don't have kids, so I mean I can't really you know I don't have any kids to raise, but I can tell you that if I did, uh, I absolutely would uh, not have a a computer or an iPhone or an iPad raise my kid. And I certainly I'd rather have my kid out and about, you know riding their bike and hey once it gets dark come home that's how i was raised you know what i mean it was like when the street lights come on okay you need to be inside the house you have to um, you have to have your kids out like that because it makes it, it gives them social skills they correct. have they have to know how to interact with people and it has to be in more than just like a school environment because when you go to school you know kids have recess or like the morning breakfast, whatever the fuck it is they do before they go to class. But then they're in class, they're sitting there and they're learning. And there's very minimal, with the exception of like gym, and I'm sure some like, maybe some like uh, vocational type classes that people take here and there. There's very little like direct human interaction with people of their age, their peers, where they're working out problems and doing things together. Exactly. Where, you know, when you're hanging out on the street, I don't want to say the streets like running around doing drugs or anything like that. But when you're oh, but just when when I was a kid we used to play cops and robbers or cowboys and Indians, whatever. That's probably bad to right. say now. But you know, one one of you was the bad guy riding your bike, the other one was the cop riding a bike and you chased each other around town till you caught him. You know, stuff like that. Right. Or just like just like because like there's good trouble, I think. You know what I mean? Like, it's good yeah. for kids to get into some trouble. Like, obviously, don't get into some serious trouble, but you know what I mean? Like, you got to let them you gotta let them get into some trouble, you yeah. know? When like, I was, let when, them explore. When I was a kid, I remember my buddy, me, my buddy Jess, my buddy Mike, uh, my other buddy Ryan, we would, we would go to... Uh, we go to the woods and you play with you'd play with fire with spray paint cans and with knives and you're like carving shit in trees and stuff like that in the middle of the woods it's no one's property but that's what we used to do you know like you're out there and just like fucking off in the woods my my son Ryan old Ryan Ocean Jr he there there's there's woods by my house he goes and plays in the woods i'm like good, good. for you there's bears good. in there look out <laughs> but dude i mean as a kid dude, we would this is probably pretty this is a lot I don't know. This is probably pretty bad. I don't know if this is illegal or not, but whatever. <laughs> statue statue limitations. limitations. But we used to uh, get on the second story of my friend's house, and we would just load up with water balloons and throw them at the windshield of the cars passing by. <laughs> we would. That's a lot better. So there there was this uh, – I forget where it was at, but um, yeah, I'm sure if you Google it, you'd see that people did it. I, I remember one point in time on the news, there was people that were – this is horrible to laugh at because I think people got hurt. But it's just the concept of it. They were dropping bowling balls off of overpasses on a highway. Yeah, that's deadly. <laughs> I'm like, you got to be fucking shitting me. Like, that's, yeah, we... that's horrible. I'm not laughing because it's funny. I'm, I'm, la I'm laughing at the randomness of it. Like, who the fuck thinks of that? Yeah, it's pretty bad. But, no, I mean, just, you know, the kids, they don't, uh, they just don't have opportunities mischief. to score. It's mischief. Yeah, exactly. They don't go but, out. Whatever happened to mischief night? Bef the night before Halloween. You remember that? Um, <laughs> I don't. I think that might be before my fucking time. How, how old are you? I'm about to be 30, brother. I mean, I turned 35 this year. Okay. So in New Jersey... Maybe this is a regional thing. In New Jersey, the night before yeah, mischief night. the night before Halloween was mischief night. I I had some of the worst pain in my whole life on mischief night. I felt Jeez. the lowest of lows on mischief night one year. 
And I'll, I'll tell you that in a minute. But normally what happens on mischief night is that's when all the kids in the neighborhood, they egg houses, they wrap toilet paper around people's cars, oh, they saran okay. wrap car, all that stupid mischief type stuff. The stuff that someone goes dumb kids and maybe a cop will come talk to you about it, but you're not getting locked up and put in jail. But right. I, I remember mischief night one year. I had I, I had to ride my bike to football practice. I played high school football. Um, I can't remember if this was in high school, though, or if I was younger, because I, I didn't play my freshman and sophomore year doing an injury. So it might have been like eighth grade, maybe seventh grade. It, it actually had to be that time, because if I would have been older and, and I wouldn't have, I know I drove my senior year and it wouldn't have had my junior. So you're talking, I'm in seventh or eighth grade, right? I'm riding my bike to football practice. I'm riding on the side of a pretty busy street. I can't, um, you know, I have my football pads and everything. So there, I don't know how, did you ever play football? growing up i did i did so you, know, you you take your shoulder pads off and you put your helmet up through the hole of the shoulder pads and then carry it in your it. hand and yeah. i would i would take that little get up and i would put that on my handlebars in one of my hands and then i got my other hand on the other handlebar and i'm wearing so i'm basically wearing my football pants with cleats my pads are in my pants the other things are in my hand and i ride my bike with a cut off t-shirt i'm just hibbity hobbity and down the road, fucking riding a bike, minding my own business on fucking mischief night. The sun's still up, so I don't think anything bad's going to happen. This car drives by at about 30 miles an hour, and this motherfucker pegs an egg at me. And it hit, hit, it, hit, it hit me. It hit me square in the fucking chest. And it was, it knocked the fucking wind out of me, and I fell off my bike like a big fucking dope. And it, dude, it sucked. That was that was some of the worst. But you want to talk about pain? Take a thirty mile an hour egg to the chest. It that's was great. But that's, that's what really that was mischief night. But well, that that doesn't occur anymore. You know what I mean? Like that 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 stuff doesn't happen. These kids are so afraid, man. Like, you ever try to have a conversation with today's generation of kids, or like, you know what I mean? Like, Sometimes they, get, they they stare at you. Right, they have social anxiety. Yeah. The reason they have social anxiety is so they don't have to have a conversation. Yeah. Because all they know is texting. Yeah. You know, so they freak out. You know where I learned how to have social interaction? This happened, This, you know, when I was younger, and same thing for you. You're not too much younger than I am. Uh, did you ever collect cards when you were a kid? Like baseball cards? Yeah, any kind, any kind of card. I, I collected any, cards. Any kind of collectible whatsoever. Whether <laughs> Pokemon it was, cards. You know, that, those too. Those are a thing too. How did you get them? What about Pogs? Did you ever have Pogs? What the hell are Pogs? Man, okay. It's like a little okay. circle thing. But anyway, you, you had some. And how did you acquire those items? I had to go to the store, this, and, uh, this and what, the and shop, and a what, specific shop. And cars. what happened when you went there? You had conversation. You had to talk you to the motherfucker. Talk. Because yeah, like, you, hey, I'm looking hey, for... I I need the fucking level seventy five Charizard, motherfucker. Do you have exactly. one? And the guy's yeah. this this dude who's way too old to know anything about fucking Pokemon, but in some creepy way he does is gonna yep. sit there and tell you about that we got this one, we got this one, you got to catch them all. And you, but that you had to interact. Now you just fucking order something off of Amazon. Exactly. You don't have and to so go anywhere. Too. Yeah, you ain't gotta leave your house. You don't got. But that was you don't have to grocery shop anymore. That's right. You just, yeah, you can have it, what, delivered to you now? Yep. That's crazy. But no, I mean, yeah, you would go to these shops. That was cool, man. Like, when we would go to the shops and you would, you know, you were trying to find certain certain cards and stuff and uh, the trip itself was cool and then trying to see what they had. And if they didn't have what you had, what you were looking for, they had other cool shit. Or they might tell you, hey, no, this dude over here at this shop, you know, off of such and such road actually has one. You know, it was an adventure. You got to have conversation, meet like-minded people and, and like four, you know, four hours later, you got home with one card. 
Exactly. But that was the journey. And you, right. and you right. learn, you learn things like how to talk to people, how to fucking ride a bike and, and dodge your way out of a car. Maybe how to fix the cut that you got when you ran into a fucking wall. Shit right. like that. Yeah. And all these. I remember stuff. getting hurt, man. Uh, like I fell off my bike. You ever had it where the, the front tire of your bike locked up and you just went flying? No. Did ever have, did ever have me? No. Fuck, it happened to be twice in my life. God, I, I have shitty luck. I have, I have ridden my bike into a car, though. Same concept, like like a, like a parked car. That's why my nose is crooked, because right. I fucking, as a kid, uh, my front tire locked, and I ended up hitting the pavement face first, Fuck. burning the skin off of my face and messing up my nose twice. But, uh, but that's, you know what I mean? Like, you just, you maybe you cried, and you just dusted yourself off, and, yeah, that you just went about your business, but yeah, they, these kids are too sheltered, too protected. I remember, uh, I remember when myself and my buddy Jess. If Jess listens to this podcast, he might. He still lives in New Jersey. This is the neighborhood I grew up in, right? I did not grow up in a great neighborhood when I was younger. As I got older, we moved to a pretty good neighborhood. But the, but so you in, grew up in the ghetto initially until I was about I think eight or nine years old. It was not great. Um, my buddy there i had friends that weren't allowed to come over to my house because where it was but um oh, me and jess were sitting in the park next door to my house and i don't know if you remember this but he had this sweet little tiger electronic mortal combat game you know you know what those are what little, are? little hand little handheld video games like, oh with yeah, little like screen yeah but it's not a game boy it's just one game okay so what was it called mortal combat yeah it was like a mortal combat game oh, okay something like that so he's sitting there playing it. We're at the park playing it. This motherfucking other kid. Now, mind you, we're like six or seven. Another kid the same age throws a brick and just <laughs> no way. It hits him. He drops his game. The kid picks up his game and runs away. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's great. It was planned out. Like He knew, like, this is the brick. Uh, this is my attack. As soon as that motherfucker drops the game, I'm going to take it and I'm going to run. Now, and, where in Jersey did you grow up? I grew up. That was in Bordentown City, which is which is kind of near near ish ish to Trenton. Not I, I if I remember correctly, um, twenty to thirty minutes away. Do you know you know Joey Diaz, right? Joey Diaz. He's the comedian Joey Diaz. And no, he's on Joe Rogan's. Oh my god, no. he's from like East Bergen or, or, or East uh, Bergen. I know where I I know yeah. I know of it, but like I couldn't tell you how to get there. He would talk about how when he was a kid, when they were younger, they would, and this is completely wrong in today's day and age, but how they would, like, there was, one of their friends would would pretend to be gay, Uh and they would, they would lure, they would lure married men that were (laughs) cheating on their wives, because, because (laughs) they were into guys too, and that they would, like, (laughs) they would rob them, they would jump them, like, lure them in with the guy, the friend that was pretending to be gay, and then they would jump out of the tree That's and thing. just jump the guy and beat him up and get the wallet. I saw something like that on one of those, uh, one of those, you know, true crime type detective shows. Except they took it a step. They, and this is horrible. First off, I don't think anything should. I don't think any, any nothing negative should happen to anyone based on their sexual orientation. Not um, at all. But you know, back in the day when it was a little less acceptable, which is wrong. It should have always been acceptable. Whatever. I'm not. I am. I am not 
saying anything that these people did was right or wrong. I'm just stating something that used to happen. That was just the time, just the time. People, people, people used to do that at like a grown adults would do that at bars purposely, like go to gay bars, slew a guy, and then they go like murder him in a field somewhere, right? Trying to like extinguish the gays or something, which makes no sense, but it's stupid. But But, I mean, the fact that they did it as kids and stole a a wallet, I guess. No, they wouldn't. (laughs) He talks about it. They wouldn't. He said they wouldn't do it because that, they wouldn't. They weren't doing it as a hate crime, like just because the guy was. Well, they were just no, lured. no. They they would do it because I'm assuming they would do it. it. Had nothing to do. I mean, it did have something to do because they were pers- persuading them using the gay card. Obviously, they, but they, they were, were trying to just. They were trying to they rob. Were, the yeah, guy. they were just trying. They were just trying to get some money from him, knowing that the guy's not going to turn around and call a cop. You know, because the cops could be like, "Well, what are you doing out here with these little boys?" So for them, it was almost like a perfect crime. They were luring these guys because one. They weren't going to call the cops because they were cheating on their wives. Yeah. So it was kind of like they were just trying to be smart about it. Yeah. But he talks about like how Eastburg, it was pretty rough. So when you're telling me about the story about your friend getting hit with a brick, I'm thinking, man, this is a rough, you must have lived in a rough. People don't really, there's some rough parts in New Jersey. Like, I mean, New York City is pretty bad too, certain areas, but in New Jersey, like when the town, when I moved away from Bordentown City, we moved to a town called Riverside. And if you look up Riverside on a map, Riverside, New Jersey, Riverside's right down the road from Camden. And I think everyone's heard of Camden. I've heard of Riverside, not Camden. Well, there's a Riverside, California that's really popular. Oh, that okay, maybe that's where I'm Cam, 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 Camden, New Jersey is usually in the top ten, if not the top five most dangerous cities like per capita in the United States. Really? There there was a period of time where they had no police officers. They could not get anyone to be a police officer. The New Jersey State Police had to drive through and patrol the streets of Camden, like when they were passing through. What? Yeah. It, it was it was known. It was known. Like depending what kind of car you drove, you didn't stop at red lights because your shit was probably going to get taken. That <laughs> you just ran the red light. Yep, I've I've done it before in high school. I had to drive through Camden a few times. I would stop, and if the light is red, I you and you and it's legit because you know there's no cops. And if you if you sit there, you're going to get robbed. So you stop at the red light. You make sure no one's coming. It's like a stop sign. Look left. Look right. No cars. Fuck it. Go. I'm going. And you just go. Because if you sit there like a dumbass, someone's coming over and they're fucking they're gonna tap on your window and make you get out, probably in not such a pleasant sounding way, and they're gonna take your shit. That's the you you could drive through areas around there and you would drive there in the morning and you'll see cars sitting on bricks because somebody parked their car somewhere where it shouldn't have been parked and someone just stole the rims off it. You know that happened to me. Yeah. No. I, oh yeah. I remember that with your uh. What, what with kind my of, charger. Damn. <laughs> That was, that, that was legit. That was legit. <laughs> that was legit. I was, <laughs> my car was on four fucking bricks. But you know what? How the pissed, cops were how like, pissed, how pissed were you? I wasn't. You know, I wasn't. So the cops were like, man, you're pretty calm about this. Most people would be pissed off. They were like, you just set said, this up? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I think it was kind of like, but I was like, no, I was like, I was like I'm not pissed because my, uh, my deductible for theft for my vehicle was $0. Oh, so you're so, just going to get it paid for. I'm going to get paid, brand new car, you know, my rims. I mean, granted, it was a brand new car anyway, but, like, yeah. the rims, the tires, everything's going to be new. And I was going to get put in a rental. I was like, really? It's just costing me some time. But I wasn't pissed. But I'm sure, like, if I had a deductible, I would have been I would have been irate. But, uh, I mean, it sucked because I was like, shit, this blows. You know, somebody just went through my shit. And I was like, man, how quickly did they, 
apparently these guys, I was talking to the detective, but uh, back then, I guess they're professionals. They're like, they, they, they literally operate as fast as NASCAR pits top guys. Well, yeah, they're quick. And, yeah, they're quick. And I was like, man, why don't these guys, you know, try to sign up for like a NASCAR crew or some shit like that, you know? Yeah, they're, no, they're, they're, they're super fast. They're probably, I bet they, I bet they have like four guys, so one for each tire. And then two other guys jacking the car up so they could sit there and just, and they probably use like air compressed guns and just un, undrill your shit. And then they go resell the tires in the rim because there's no VIN number or anything like that on those tires, no. on those rims. No. And most, and so. most people have insurance. So it's not, even if, I bet if they got, I don't know what the crime would be, but if they got caught doing that, it's not nearly as bad as stealing a whole car. You know what I mean? No. Probably like, no, a, no, I, no. I don't know if it'd be a felony or not, but still. You you get caught doing that. It's like, hmm. yeah, at least yeah. you didn't, at least you didn't take the whole car. Yeah, no, but I've had that. It, it sucked, but it didn't suck that bad. But no, I've had some had some shit happen to me. Been hit by a drunk driver too, brother. Me, me too, brother. In San Antonio. In San Antonio. <laughs> in San. At the gym. Mine was mine was uh, after Monster Jam one night. <laughs> sitting in a sitting at a red light. I got rear-ended by some dude doing like thirty miles an hour. Almost totaled Jeez. my car, and Jeez. and I had uh, my wife and three other kids in the car, but nobody got hurt. Nobody got hurt. No, nope. that's a good thing. And we ended up ended up getting a new. I, it was in that Dodge Journey that I had that we just sold a couple years ago, and it, it was in. I mean, I was in the shop for a while, but like you know, I, I don't know if I. I think I had a five hundred dollar deductible, but I think I didn't. I got my deductible back because the other person was at fault. The person's whose insurance the truck was under. Because the men driving the truck, it wasn't theirs. That person oh, had to, that person had to pay my deductible, and they didn't. They no, didn't. They... they didn't. This accident happened, and they didn't speak English. They tried to tell me that there was nothing wrong. Like in it was, they spoke Spanish, um, but they kept going up and touching my car. Like nothing wrong, nothing wrong. I'm like, bro, yes, there is. <laughs> like, <you just laughs> the whole fucking, back end's gone. Dude, they were they were driving a Dodge Ram but like an 80s Dodge Ram uh extended cab. Oh so yeah. They hit, they hit me so hard their wheel wells fell out of the truck. <laughs> and the dude the driver was drunk. I went and got a cop directing traffic and I said if you don't come over here these dudes are acting like they don't speak English or maybe they really do maybe they really don't speak English but they're trying to act like something's no big deal and I guarantee the driver smells like he's been drinking cuz I got out of the car and went and tried to talk to him. I told the cop, and the cop said, I can't go there. I'm directing traffic for, for the um, Alamo Dome or whatever it was at the time. Pretty event, yeah. And I was like, I, I'm telling you, it was a block away. I just got in an accident because I saw his lights and went running down there because it was, I told my wife and the kids to stay in the car. The dudes who hit us were still behind us. The driver looked all sorts of like disorientated. So I was like, if I don't go get this cop now. So I sprinted down the street. And then the cop was like, no, can't do that. It, basically, he was getting paid on the side to direct traffic or whatever, acting like he can't go do any other cop shit. So I looked at him, and I was like, dude, I got your fucking name off your shit, and I'm going back there right now. And if those dudes are still there, I'm whipping their ass. Like, I'm going to beat their ass on the street right now. And then I'm going to and I'm gonna tell if I go to jail or if they try to send me to court or anything like that, I'm going to say I, I talked to Officer So-and-so, and he told me to fuck off, basically. So that cop came with me. <laughs> And as soon as we got in there, when they saw that cop, they threw that truck in reverse and peeled off. But I had already taken no a, way. Yep, I I already, they left parts of the truck there, but I had already taken a picture of the license plate with my phone. So it, it ended up being registered to some lady. I I don't know if it was stolen or not, but her insurance covered my deductible. Well, 
I would uh, I would give the details of uh, what occurred, but actually my case is still pending lit- as oh, really? litigation. Yeah, so we're going to court for that. But uh, how long ago was how long ago was it? I got hit in October of eighteen, and you still haven't got it figured out. Well, my, I mean, insurance uh, took care of 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 the car. But... No, I, I get that, but who's are, are you trying to sue the guy or? Well, we can't, I can't, uh, I'm not at liberty to discuss that. Oh. <laughs> so we have, to k- we have to kayfabe them for now. Oh, I mean, I'm just saying almost two years. Shit. <laughs> but I guess that stuff takes some time, regardless some of what time. it is. The legal process for anything seems to take time. So Yeah, no. Speaking, and, kayfabe and, for now. Yeah, yeah. And, and speaking of taking time, we're out of time. For the we're out of time. Well, you shot, we we're we're going to shoot for 45 minutes. We're at about an hour right now. We we got to do this in person though. Oh yeah, next so time. dude, my my whole setup, I got two mics, I got everything. I think I think next week uh Steve the pilot might be on next week for the little intro or be or show opening and stuff like that. So it should be That good. would be great. It'll be good. If I could join you and Steve the pilot and bring Randy the liberal. See, I don't know if I I don't know if I could do all that. Yet. I don't I I so I have two inputs on here. I think I can split some stuff. There is four tracks, but I have to uh, I I don't know how to do a, a I could do one on ones, which is what I like, and I think that's just, that's where I'm going to. So, if it's an intro with me and someone else, or just myself, and then into an interview with me and someone else, if that makes sense. Okay. Well, in person, I think we should all do. Yeah, in, in person. Yeah, Steve in, the pilot. Yeah, in person. And Randy the liberal. In person, it's great too. The only thing is, you got to pass the mic when you're talking. But that's right. it. That's not bad. But yeah, man, thanks for coming on the podcast. Hub, wish you well with all the shit that you got going on. You stay mighty busy. You're a whole lot fucking busier than I am nowadays. So um, I hope to be busy again soon, too, in about four to five months. But thanks for coming on the podcast. Enjoy San Antonio. Enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy, I'm assuming, Wrestling Revolution this Friday, which then, then right. when this comes out, it'll be tomorrow. Do you have any type of social media, anything like that that you want to plug? At Official Rob Love on Instagram and uh, The Rob Love on Facebook if you put it into the link. Hell yeah. Well, Rob, it was good having you on. Uh, Everyone listening, thanks for tuning in. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. Tell your friends about it. Let everyone know about the Ryan Ocean podcast and follow along. And we will talk to you all next week on the Ryan Ocean podcast.